brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Hey, like your favorite blanket on a warm, cold, on a, wait, warm, <laughs> as, you're, cold. as you're trying to warm up on a cold night. Like a wet blanket. Here on. we are again <laughs> to ease your fears and help you with the world of beer. Hi, everyone. Wow. Hello. Is, I know. This is another Suds segment where really good beer meets very questionable radio, but we're still going to work at it anyways. With me today at this table, luckily we have enough room at the table for everyone, is good old boy Dave. If I peed my pants, would you pretend I just got wet from the rain? Yes. Because <laughs> it is raining today, so yeah. you're covered. Thank yeah. you. Well, consider it done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good old boy, Kendall. Welcome back. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, especially for this wonderful show. Yay. Good old boy, Drew. So glad to be back and ready to uh, get to belching. <laughs> all right. I like this guy. Well, <laughs> that pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And good old boy, Timmy. Oh, hey there, young fella. Bringing me good news today. Hola. <laughs> Uh, bienvenidos a todos. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be sharing a lot of good news here in a minute. Um, okay, well, today's episode is a brewery takeover from the Northeast. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, Jack's Abbey Craft Loggers is a well, well, logger only brewery from Farmingham, Massachusetts. Before we get started, though, this Suds episode is brought to you by... Stuff and Things. Do you like stuff? Do you need things? Come on down to Stuff and Things. We have more stuff than anyone, and our things are very competitively priced. Stuff and Things, Things and Stuff, Stuff and Things and Stuff and Things. Now, with more stuff. Framingham. Sorry. Sorry. Framingham, Massachusetts. Oh, I was a typo. I'm just saying, if there's a, a state yeah. that's going to jump on you about pronouncing their city yes. incorrectly, it's I'm probably so Massachusetts. Framingham. As opposed to... Farmingham. Farmingham. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, well the copy editor, happens. he's got to go. That's what happens when you write scripts while you're... Did you hear that drinking. podcast they're talking about Farmingham? Oh. oh yeah. Gonna, that's that bad. was my uh, Boston accent. That was good. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're not going to repost for that. Okay. Banned once again. Well, good old boy Dave, why don't you try to redeem yourself here, if you can, and tell us By about reading? Yeah, Jack that always Zabby. works. <sighs> Founded in 2011 by three brothers, Jack, Eric, and Sam Hindler, Jack's Abbey has become a mainstay of the craft brewing scene in the Northeast and nationwide. The Hindler brothers grew up in a family that promoted entrepreneurship and hard work, spending summers with their grandfather and working at the family's ice distribution company. They learned the value of committed family members and loyal employees. 
the foundation of which Jack Abbey's is based. I can also tell you that they have won. Oh yeah, so yeah, I was reading something I actually was going to say. I can also tell you they've won a <laughs> butt ton of awards. So yes, there, butt ton. Butt ton, yeah. A butt ton takes uh, twelve crap loads to get a butt ton. <laughs> so look it up. Thank you. That was so eloquent. Yes, sir. Okay. Good old boy Kendall, would you mind telling us our lineup for today? I would be delighted to. The Jack's Abbey Craft Lagers we'll discuss today are Mass Rising Double IPL, Kiwi Rising Double IPL, Haponius Union IPL, The House Lager, The Calyptra Session IPL, Smoke and Dagger Black Lager, Bourbon Barrel-Aged Framing Hammer Baltic Porter, and the Cordon Rouge Framing Hammer Baltic Porter Aged in Brandy Barrels. Oh, Framing Ham, Framing Hammer. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> wow. Boom. <laughs> wow. That's... Yeah, uh, use hammers to frame, not to farm, I guess. Sure. You could... Although you could farm with him. I suppose in in Soviet Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in the labor camps. Hammer farms you. Yeah, you had to (laughs) beat the crops out of it. (laughs) Fine, 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 fine. Once again. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. In Soviet era Russia? Yeah. (laughs) Bam, once again. Well, thank you very much, Kendall, for that. Um, and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no. Pack it on, everyone. Stop it. No. Um, so, Drew, would you mind giving us the Suds ratings for today? Absolutely. Ooh, changing it up. <laughs> we'll be discussing and rating these beers with these Suds ratings, plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. One, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Two, was that a belch? Three, ah, what a relief. Four, a body should really not make that sound. And five, listen to that hang time, give me another. Other hosts, uh, good old boy Caperton, created some controversy on another episode about four and five. And is ethereal music better than <laughs> applause? Yeah, that sounded like when uh, Toe Jam and Earl, when you get an extra life, you would get the blessing from the skies. <laughs> and Choirs and of that, angels. that's about as high as it gets, right? I don't know. You got the golf clap there on number five, just kind of going. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. You know what? We'll just leave it out there. Maybe if anybody listening has an opinion, or if anybody's listening. After rating us a five, please let us know which you prefer. (laughs) When you give us a five-star rating, let us know, were you clapping, or did you hear angels? (laughs) (laughs) And we'll discuss that at the next staff meeting. Every five studs rating, an angel gets its wings. Uh, Yes, of course. Thank you, Jimmy. Wow. Wow. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into the beer, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Uh, we, we need to. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start off with the Mass Rising Double IPO. In the spirit of their local history in Massachusetts, 
Uh, they are revolting against the status quo. Hey, that's, Whoa. that's how we got to where we are today, right? We are writing our own story by fueling the fire surrounding extra hoppy beers. We infuse Mass Rising with increasing amounts of American hops during the kettle, the hop bog, and dry hopping process. Hop back? Hop back. Yeah. <laughs> Great, it's a damn Farmingham all over again. <laughs> The Farmingham Hopbach, a new style, a play on the traditional Bach. <laughs> have we reached gate levels? <laughs> I think we have. Yes, yeah, so together we have taken a journey to redefine the term lager. This is an 8% puppy. Yes. So, what do we all think about the mass rising? Kendall, go. Okay, the first thing I noticed, um, you get that almost big malt sweetness character you get from some like double imperial IPAs. Even though they've got a ton of hops in them, there's so much malt in there, you can't help but notice the sweetness. Yep. Um, had a nice, almost citrusy, floral type of hop character with a little almost herbalness to it. Um, great. I got a little even alcohol in the mouthfeel. At, at 8%, you start feeling it. Not really heat but you kind of get the texture it's quite pungent that's a good word yeah Mm. that's a good word alcohol texture i like that okay wow is that like uh is that like bumpy or kind of scratchy what kind of texture is alcohol (laughs) texture (laughs) a little filling oh okay is it a is it a viscosity that's what i was thinking maybe slightly less viscous or more viscous i get a little more viscosity out of it Yeah, almost bordering on creaminess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's, it's the lager. Booze. Yes. yes. It's the booze. It's, it's the, the booze, booze messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, that was what I noticed immediately, was the booze and the sweetness from mm-hmm. the from the malt. I yeah. probably was in the minority. Not one of my favorites, but... Uh, it's definitely boozy. I mean, I, I think there you can't get around that, but I think the hops sort of clean that up a little bit. They do me. at the yeah they do they There's do a at the end. There's on the on the yeah. to mm-hmm. the finish that that is yes. Yeah, it was still a little sweet for me personally. Um, you know, different people like different levels of sweetness. <laughs> okay, fellas, it's <laughs> you crying boy? You crying boy? Maybe we'll go back down to McDonald's and get you a hamburger and some French fries. How about a Wynikin? <laughs> you little sissy boy. That was a long clip. Wow. Just to make a point. <laughs> there was no point. I get it. <laughs> Anyways, as sweet as it was, uh, the last little line of their thing says they've taken a journey to redefine the term lager. And, I mean, we'll probably go over that with other beers that we have. But it's it kind of, it definitely does that. And it's really interesting and, and kind of fun to drink because if you keep thinking it's a lager as you're drinking and thinking about the booziness and the sweetness and the hops... Um, it's a nice little adventure. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and that's that's what I had to keep telling myself as I'm staring at the can as I'm drinking this is, okay, it's a lager. It's a lager. It's a lager. It's a lager. Because it so did not taste like a lager to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there was like a tiny, tiny hint of butteriness at the end, but with... With all the um, with all the hops and and the maltiness, I just was thinking, yeah, this is like a double IPA. Anyways, any other thoughts? Well, I, I guess, and this is something we'll have to discuss with each beer: is if these aren't really tasting like lagers, is that a good thing that they're 
creative and everything, or is that something where you know you you can't judge it as a logger? You have to look at it as something else. I don't know. So today we're discussing Jack's Abbey, um, which is a complete loggering loggering brewery in Framingham. Yes, in Framingham. Framing. Framing. Like the hammer. Framing. Home of the hotbox. Yes. <laughs> She's going to pop you one. <laughs> no. She didn't type it. I'm just going to, right. I'm not the copy editor here. Hey, look. I'll pop you one. <laughs> okay. So the beer that we were discussing um, just before the break was the Mass Rising Double IPL. And we were starting to get into a conversation of, well, if it doesn't necessarily taste like a lager, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that a thing at all? Well, I think, you know, the main thing for me on a lager is I want it super clean. Yeah. So, you know, other than that, maybe just hint of sulfur that should blow off pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to get a lot else out of it. So that's what, what I'm looking for is just a really clean beer. And that's how this ends is a really clean beer. I mean, it starts off a little boozy, then you get malty, then I get hops, mm-hmm. and then it finishes. It goes away. That's yes. true. Yeah. I mean, so there's a testament to that. There you go. Anyways, so we rated this Mass Rising Double IPL from Jack's Abbey a three. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so now moving on, we're going to talk about the Kiwi Rising Uh-oh. Double IPL. This one is intensely hoppy and strong lager that we refer to as a double indie pale lager hey look at that four kettle hop additions whole leaf hops in the hop back oh i did that right this time and multiple dry hop additions infuse an intense floral and citrusy aroma and flavor poking the bear poking the bear kiwi rising has over four pounds of new zealand hops per barrel making it one of our hoppiest offerings no kiwi fruit or kiwi birds were harmed in the production of the spear mm. and this guy is 8.5%. Oh, boy. So you can't say the same for kiwi livers. No. (laughs) Nope. Wow. So, let us discuss the kiwi. See, like, they they say, like, this is really hop and intensely flavored, but it's, like, nice and smooth to me. This one I've got flavor from, but it wasn't, like, overwhelming or anything. It It was very pleasant to drink. Yeah, I was thinking when I saw that eight five, it was gonna have that same really malty sweetness that the last one did, and it kind of does. I mean, you definitely know there's a lot of malt in this beer, but you also get the passion fruit, the mango. I'm getting those tropical fruits, and it's mm-hmm. way more balanced. Um, I'm just not getting hit with sweetness. There's a lot going on here. Well, I, you know, it's interesting that you describe passion fruit and mango as one of the reasons that you're not getting hit with sweetness and. Both of those being sweet things, is isn't it, that funny? I agree. It's it's a balance. <laughs> well, it's a it's a balance. You know, you're getting you're getting the extra sweetness from the passion fruit and the mangoes, and it's balancing out the sweetness from the booze. Say, so, yeah, I I agree 100. percent mm. The other one was just a little too boozy, malty. This is very enjoyable. Yeah, maybe it has something to do with the the hops and the characteristics you get out of the New Zealand hops and the Southern Hemisphere stuff. Because yep. um, I got some floral notes too from it and, and floral taste. I liked it. I liked it better than the Mass Rising. Um, still, had has that booziness, but it is balanced out better. And, and part of it probably has to do with the lager nature as well. It kind of cleans up pretty well. Yeah, but after 
for me anyways after tasting the mass rising and then going to the kiwi rising i almost feel like the mass rising was a bit more west coastiness in flavor whereas this one yes granted the hops are coming from new zealand yeah yeah west coast Coast ipo (laughs) but the kiwi rising to me with the floral and the citrusy like this is new england style ipl ish yeah Yeah, i'm like wow a new england ipl would nice. you like this beer the same uh, would if that it be was a brewed maple? with an ale yeast <laughs> and done in that style? You know, right. Uh, I, exactly. Exactly. But I think what, yeah, I, I mean, I like what they're doing, though, and I get it. Shut up. They totally <laughs> overshot my nipple joke. <laughs> I just got that one. <laughs> what? Ooh. Oh. If it's a New England IPL, it's a nipple. Oh. Not a nipple. Oh. Not a yeah, you order a nipple. Yeah. A nipple. Can I have a nipple? I'll have a nipple. Cold yeah. nipple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tall, frothy nipple. Can, can you say that with a Boston accent? Hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> come in. <laughs> no, I can't. The answer is no. <laughs> and no. <laughs> I, I lived there for a year, so, I mean... I, I heard he did, enough of that. He did not um, get fully acclimated. You know, it's Worcester. It's not Worcester. So I know that much. But Worcestershire sauce? Uh, I don't know yet how to do the accent. I'll work on it. Okay. Anyways, uh, this would be the New England to the Mass Risings West, at least in my eyes. But still very good and very... I mean, granted, it's in a bigger can, and I don't think I could... You know, kill as many of these as uh, some of the others that we'll be getting to. We could but try, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We could, we could certainly try, yes. What did we rate this beauty? As a matter of fact, uh, the Kiwi Rising from Jack Zappy, we rated a four. Uh, nice. Uh, Good beer. Yes. Now, dun, 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 dun. for something flipping cool, uh, we're going to talk about the Haponius Union IPL. It harmoniously, huh, like that word, combines lager yeast fermentation and West Coast IPA hops. Our India style pale lager is like a traditional IPA but with a twist. It's fermented cold and aged for extended periods, as lagers do. A blend of classic American hops creates a huge tropical fruit and citrusy hop aroma. A dry finish accentuates the pleasant bitterness and hop profile. And this one is a flimsy 6.5% in relation to what we've been drinking. It's a wee baby. It is a wee baby. So, thoughts on this guy? Wow. <laughs> Great beer. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I said that wow was literally the first thing I wrote down in my tasting notes. I said it was uh, an explosion of hops in the front end and then a explosion symphonic, of something else in the back end. Symphonic harmonious center and then a <laughs> Bitter, crisp finish, you know, at a, at a nice crescendo. Oh, wow. It's oh. this guy. It's like Mozart meeting I, Bartok or something. I don't know why I went with the, with the symphonic <laughs> references Fancy on this talk. one, but it was, del- it was so delicious, it, it made me just go that much extra. <laughs> All right. Right, right. Rock on. Very okay. good. Kendall, what about you, man? Pat, what do you say after that? <laughs> <laughs> um... This was one of the best IPLs I've ever had because it lived up to the promise of a lagered West Coast IPA. Yep. And and it has all those classic Northwest bitter, piney, resiny, grapefruit things going on. But it's so crisp and clean and dry 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a lot that claim to be IPLs, you know, and I, I think they just take their IPA recipe and, you know, use lager yeast and see <laughs> yeah. what happens. Yeah. But this is just almost the perfect balance of what those two styles combined should be. And I thought it was excellent. Yeah, it kind of gets me thinking about, because this one, I think, more than maybe the doubles, you can taste that it's a lager. Um, and, I mean, I, I mean that in a great way, too, because the it helps with that finish, and it ends dry and crisp. And I really don't like when IPAs or IPLs or anything end cloyingly sweet, you know, with yep. with that flavor just lingering. Um, and it, it makes you wonder, too, if the lagering process affects the hops and like in what way i mean the bitterness probably fades into like a, a more palatable bitterness because of the longer fermentation times mm-hmm. um you know you're probably dry hopping at lower temperatures if you do dry hop and what kind of extraction are you getting there so i think it, it lends to more than just oh it's a lager finish or something like that it, yeah kind of the whole process of the beer probably does affect the the nature of the hop oils when you're dry hopping at, at lower temperatures just uh you may be pulling out less of the grassiness right you know so it is very good super good beer it's incredible yeah you know i was worried about this one when i pulled it out of the um 12 pack because I was thinking, oh, crap, this is going to be another West Coast IPA. And it's no offense to West Coast IPAs. I mean, there's a lot of people that absolutely love and adore them. But for me, it's always that that bitter taste that keeps lingering and lingering afterwards. And I feel like I have to drink a lot of water then to, like, cleanse that out of my palate. I know, I know, it's a girl thing. That's half the fun. Well, sure. Yeah, that is half the fun or most of it. If your tongue's not burning, I think of it, you know. You're not a live woman. Uh, yeah, and maybe me being a northeastern, mid-Atlantic girl, you know. I just I have don't affin- like drinking it, but I like when I feel good after it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, <laughs> yes. However, this blew me away, and now all I, like, this is like all I want. If I want a West Coast beer, I just want this. Mm-hmm. Because good, of that. Yes, um, because the hot profile on it, yes, although it is very West Coasty and in your face, just the fact that it finishes so flipping cleanly to me, I, I could like, this would be a great go-to on the boat, you know, in the summer. Like, this is one of those where I can hang with the West Coast boys, but this is like my own little secret kind of thing. Anyways, so for... Hanging with the West Coast boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Um, okay, so for... I wish they all could be California boys. Doesn't have the okay. same ring to it. No, 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 no. I like my New England boys. Anyways. Wait, what? <laughs> well, you're normal. We'll discuss this after. Just talking about the nipples. Yeah. Oh, the nipples and unscheduled break. <laughs> Everyone, get out. Okay, fine. Um, so this beer from Jack's Abbey, the Hoponius Union IPL. We rated this, which should be no surprise, a five. Okay, now let's talk about what I'm assuming is the beer that kind of started it all in terms of loggers, their house lager. So it pulls inspiration from the numerous country loggers or land beers 
found in Franconia. It's sweet and golden with a full malt body that comes from using a traditional German malt variety. A special beer for year-round enjoyment, 5.2%. Guys, what do you think about this one? Man. <laughs> Another great one. Yeah. Okay, not everybody at once. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you, you go first this time. <clears throat> okay. Go on. Well, you can do it. This, you know, <laughs> this to me is like this could be your your day, daily beer, honestly, because I mean it's very smooth, just sweet enough to enjoy, but it still has a nice crisp finish to it, and it's um, it's just a really cool beer to drink, man. Because like I said, I could this could be my lawnmower beer. Yeah, I need I need them to send me a case of this because I have to mow the yard next week. So. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. All right. I all like right. it. It's, you know, this is what loggers are meant to be. I, I mean, it really is. And if you think about it, pretty much everyone's ancestor can be traced back to somebody who was drinking something exactly like this way back in the day, right? And this was their version of a lawnmower beer. I mean, it was, right? Cause, yeah, that's breakfast. Yeah, because loggers came right. before ales in some countries. Drink this and you go hitch up the mule team and... Yeah. Mow the yard. But, I mean, what a perfect base on which we've, you know, been building upon. Well, we've been tasting what has been built upon this um, for the last few beers. I I just think it's really incredible. And lagers can be lawnmower beers just like ales can be lawnmower beers. But very well balanced. Yeah, I think they're better lawnmower beers. Um, but this has, like, uh, it has a sweetness that... Uh, I mean, I'm guessing comes from all the malt, um, but it's not like a, a finishing sweet thing. It's more of just like the malt body that kind of makes it a little creamy. It's kind of in the middle and in the front. It's sweet yeah, and right, exactly. And it and goes away. It's almost like um, it's like some lagers for for me taste like they have corn, even when I know they don't have corn. Yes, but, I know what you're getting at. Yes, yeah. I agree. Well, that's all I'm getting at. You can expound upon that. Um, <laughs> I say, well, I say the flaked, flaked mains was something that I wrote. It, it, you know, we were talking about viscosity earlier. It, 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 I, I, it, I sort of feel it's in the same space on the tongue, um, if you will. Uh, but to the beer specifically, really, truly enjoyable. I agree. It is, you know, lawnmower beer, creamy. You know, you could have handed me this, told me it was a cream ale. I would have been like, yeah, absolutely. But that is sort of the purpose of that, of course. Um, but uh, I will admit I was somewhat of a skeptic as we came into this. You know, like why why put yourself in a in a lager box, you know, and and try to do all these different styles, but lagers and yeah. and you know maybe they're just not good at doing lagers. Oh no no they're they're really good at doing lagers. <laughs> they're really good at doing lagers. Sure, and I wonder if part of that comes from them like being a family of that ice distributors. Ice. Yeah, exactly. No. Because having to deal with cold temperatures. I mean, I know that sounds maybe no. stupid, but... Sounds I, like good business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it and, does make sense. And loggers are hard to make. I mean, you really have to watch your temperatures on it. And not about not only that, but patience in letting them ferment out. Because, you know, we have some... I mean, the majority of us are brewers here. And we know, like, when we're watching that fermentation, we're like, okay, can you stop now? Can you finish? Can you finish? Can you finish? I mean, and that's just for a week or two, let alone a month or so. So, anyways, Kendall, thoughts? 
It was a beautiful beer. It was one of my favorites. I'm not sure where Franconia is. I'm guessing it's close to France. But uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite beers from Bavaria, and that's the Hellas. Uh, you know, it's very similar. Kind of has that bready, almost like bread crust. Little bit of light toast to me coming across in this. But that sweetness is reminding me of the Hellas. Very floral um, hops that were used on this one. And it, it's a very similar if not close cousin to that kind of style. And that's just one of my favorites. It's just an everyday, easy-drinking beer. Uh, you can understand why they kill liters and liters of that over in that part of Germany. It's it's a wonderful, easy-drinking beer. Yeah, it really is. So for this one, which is the house lager from Jack's Abbey, we rated it a four. <laughs> now, moving on to something a little bit more exotic can what? i say yeah the calyptra session ipo and i say session ipo wrap that one around your head for a second hmm. so this hoppy lager is brewed with two intense and aromatic hops calypso and citra citra is like everyone's fan these days oh calyptra because cal- oh yeah mm-hmm. see see how they did that these guys are good wow Man. pretty Framingham. Yeah. <laughs> Farmers up there. Yeah. Uh, it's an easy drinking brew. Framers. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm sure a few of them were the framers of the Declaration of Independence. Oh, <laughs> boo. A, if there was a boo, I'd, I'd play I, I can only give you that. Just like Sam Adams. Right. Wasn't he a framer? He was a framer. The Constitution. Ha, ha ha. Okay. It's an easy drinking beer. That balances dominating fruity, citrusy, and tropical aromas with a sessionable malt body. This one is 4.9%. Does it taste 4.9%, guys? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it, it not a bad you? thing. I mean, it's, no. it's just, it's a small beer. Which, you know, I mean, it's really, really crisp. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot more than a lot of session IPAs or IPLs that I have. You know, it's not like just hop water, hop tea. Um, there's beer in there, even though it's only 4.9%. Yeah. Well, and it feels like with a lot of those session IPAs, it's like they took their IPA recipe and just scaled it down and just kind of went with it instead of building a recipe for a 4.9% beer. And it feels like these guys built this recipe... And kind of made it to fit this this uh, ABV. I like it. And I'm wondering if the complexity of lager yeast kind of helps a session beer out. You know, I mean, because, okay, what's the biggest thing about session IPAs, right? You have to be low on the malt. Sure. So glad to be here. Well, I meant the people that are listening to oh, this, too, because they're still listening that's to That's a bold us. assumption yes. on your part. Oh, that's a bold assumption on Juliana's part. Yeah. Yeah. All right, people fine, fine, fine. Still listening at I'm this point? I'm just an optimist. I'm an optimist. I stopped listening like five minutes ago. Look, Welcome sure, back, Mom. I'm, I'm sure there's Who a few people? people. Wait a second. I'm right here, dude. <laughs> dude. Kids these days, I swear. Um, so, for those of you that are still with us and just tuning in or whatever, or if you're after your beer break, um, we're talking about Jack's Abbey, and, which is a lagering brewery. 
And the discussion that we had is we were talking about the Collectra session IPL and the fact that maybe the yeast lager was helping out this IPL because it doesn't taste as watery, for lack of a better word, as a lot of session IPAs that I've had before are. And there's a fine line here between bringing down your malt bill to get that ABV the where you want it, but also instilling a lot of flavor. So any thoughts on maybe if the yeast... If the lagering yeast is helping this kid out? Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Certainly could. Yeah. Okay. I won't I'm certainly no um biologist or anything, but uh there was there were some notes that I I took of this beer that I didn't expect to uh what was that? I had a uh, vegetal like I said tarragon was almost one of the first things that was I this, this was the tarragon. This was yeah. the tarragon beer. Yeah, I so say okay. for some reason I got like a, a tarragon note from it and huh. Maybe maybe that's coming from that yeast. It's you know something else is able to develop. Who knows? Yeah, I just I hear calypso music as I drink it. Some steel drums and some uh, island some Harry island moves. Yeah. And he's shaking his hips more. And tarragon. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you can hear if you can hear my shakes over the airwaves. But there's definitely not a lot of malt in this. And just no. looking at this right. beer, that beautiful like yeah. straw to yellow color. I'm, I'm exactly. guessing it's mostly just pills malt yeah. because sure. it's a really light, beautiful color. Yeah, it's very blonde. You're not getting a lot of flavor from that malt. I, I really yeah. feel like the, the hops are the what's really doing it because the yeast is you're not getting anything from that i, right. I don't think okay. no nope. from that clean lager it's it's really this is really a showcase for the hops okay fizzy hop water okay but in a good way yeah but this one's not as watery to me i mean I, well no 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 i don't mean like that i just mean like to kindle's point that the hops are riding along on top and that's yeah. what you're really getting i mean with the style it's i think you can't avoid that no, you can't. But it's still very well balanced. And I, I'm just, the more that I'm drinking it, the more I'm enjoying it. It's purdy. It is. It's very purdy. Okay. So for this beer from Jack's Abbey, the Calyptra Session IPO, we rated this a four. Good job, Jack's Abbey. You guys are getting it done. In okay. Framingham. I'm going to keep saying that. Yeah. You try to redeem yourself there, buddy. Okay. So now let's go for something completely different. And you knew it had to happen. You dun, knew it. Dun, you can't dun. have all these pretty blondes. You got to go dark sometimes. Whoa. So the Smoke and Dagger Black Lager. Cloaked in mystery, this dark black beer skirts the line between a Shores beer and a smoked porter. The use of a small percentage of traditional beechwood smoked malt adds complexity and balances the liberal use of chocolate malt. Notes of roasted grain, beechwood smoke, and coffee accompany a full-bodied and sweet chocolatey malt character. This one is 5.6%. Finally, a nice, delicious beer that has beechwood in it. Yeah, it's tough. Really? Uh, well, I'm saying a lot of the beers that... <laughs> You know, how do you feel about beechwood aging? Well, I think you know if you age on beechwood, you know that that could work, but I haven't seen a lot of evidence that it does work. <laughs> oh wow! Not okay. naming names. Right, right, right. Of course, of course. Dilly dilly. So, me personally, I like this beer. You know, I'm a smoky girl. I like dark beers, anyways. 
And New England boys. You're cloaked in mystery. I am cloaked in mystery. She is. Yes, yes. I'm one of a few girls that likes those Isla smoky, peaty, iodine, band-aid type of beer, <clears throat> or uh, whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is right up my alley. But the smoke aroma on this is really pretty, I think. I like it because the smoke was is very subtle. Like, I used to not like smoke beers at all, but over time I've kind of gotten more into them. But I still don't like it when the smoke overpowers everything else, and I think it complements the kind of the sweet malts in this beer. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Dave. Um, <laughs> I got the smoke on the nose instantly, and it seemed like a very subtle smoke, but when I tasted it, it it's a lot bolder than I expected. Yeah. And that's okay. that's really all I get. I, I definitely get the chocolate, a little roast coffee going on, uh, but to me the smoke is just the most dominant thing about this beer. When I tasted this when it was colder, I would have agreed with Dave or. Now that it is sat, the smoke has definitely become more prominent. I feel that it it's is coming out more. Yeah, it is still balanced. I I very much enjoyed it. Um, I could have a, one to four of these without too much trouble. Yeah, yeah, one to four. Yeah, one to four. One to four. But not a si- not a six pack. He's not going to drink a six pack of this oh, beer. God. Yeah. I'm, Imagine your head in the morning after a six-pack of this beer. That would be the worst headache in the world. Yeah, I've never been a huge smoky beer guy. It has to be very subtle for me, Um, and this one is is not. It's a little strong. Yeah, I agree. with. I'm on Team Kendall over here with this one. Um, I I go back and forth on smoked beers, but I really think it comes down to what it was smoked over, and Beechwood, for me, is generally too much. I don't know. We used to work at a homebrew store, and we called it stanky malt because that's malt stanks. <laughs> like you open a bag of it, anyone in the store can tell. And you know, you're just kind of chewing grain throughout the day because you got a bunch of bags of barley, and that one is not one you ever ate. You didn't chew a big that and some cherry wood smoked. It's just I don't know. For me, they come across as too harsh, too astringent, too bandaid. I don't taste bandaid, but it, it gets my mind going down that road. Some phenolic. Yeah, right. I don't know. Warning sign. So um, it's not a terrible beer. And the, the other thing is, like, smoke beers are so kind of delicate, I think. And I do think they do the level of smoke well. I'm just not a fan of the beach. I'm pale and I get burnt. Wow. I'm pale and I get burnt, too, but I'm taking the beach. Yes, you take after your mother in that regard. <laughs> um, I enjoyed this a lot. I think it's a little bit... Um, it is a little bit more aggressive than what some black IPA IPLs would be, but I'm fine with that. And um, I, if I may take a brief second here to talk about the fact that this was part of a 12-pack and the fact that they included this as well as the House Lager and the Calyptra and the Haponius, I thought this was like a really... I, I mean... In terms of mixed packs, I think this is like the perfect balance for anyone who, A, wants to try this brewery out, but B, it's something for everyone. You know what I mean? So well, there is, yes. I, I mean, mm. and I think it's safe to say that all of us in this room have different palates. We all have our niche beers that we enjoy and our go-tos. And, I, I mean, for me, which is, this is huge for me, I'd be happy with any one of these, you know? But the Black Lager, I liked a lot myself. Yeah, this mix pack is 
pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I mean, I don't buy many. I'd buy this one. Exactly. I think uh, too, though, the smoked beer. Even if you don't like drinking it, then you know you could take it and you know marinate some pork chops and oh, absolutely maybe. make a little chili. Yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah. Reduce it down and uh, maybe put it over a little vanilla ice. Cream. And I'd still, I'd still drink some. Oh, yeah, with a little balsamic vinegar, dude. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Are there any cans left? <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, no, not yeah, anymore. They've all been spoken for. Okay, so this beer from Jack Savvy, which is the Smoke and Dagger Black Lager. We rated this a three. Although some of us liked it more. Okay, now we're moving on to the big hitters. And I mean big hitters. The Farming Hammer series. The Framing Hammer series. I think there's a baseball team in... Framingham, maybe? Yes, there is a baseball team in Framingham. Yes. There's a lot of baseball going on in that state. Absolutely. Even though their stripes are not the right color for me. Oh, they're the best. You can call it baseball. I mean, they try. (laughs) Wow. That was the year that I lived there was when they won the first World Series, and I was raised a Yankee fan, and it felt so incredibly strange watching that whole town so happy. It was like, what, 04, But 05. I mean, but good for them. Good for <laughs> them. Insane. Good for them. I mean, that's cool. It just, they're the wrong stripes. Throwing, okay. Yeah, they, they already weren't going to like us after the farming hand issue. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't think they were going to like us at any point anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you guys are assuming people are listening. Okay. True. So let's talk about Baltic Porters. <laughs> and Baltic Porter is a style that can go either way. You can brew it as an ale. You can brew it as a lager. Personally, I like it better as a lager, but we'll get into that in a minute. So, with that in mind, we're going to talk about the bourbon barrel-aged Framing Hammer Baltic Porter. Big, bold, and black and aged in bourbon barrels, this unusual lager style has many similarities to Imperial Stouts. A lengthy conditioning period creates a silky, smooth, chocolatey f- mouthfeel enhanced by the use of oats and brown sugar. Noticeable sweetness gets balanced by roasted malt and hot bitterness. Additional flavors include bourbon, vanilla, and oak. Guys, what did you think about this guy? I hadn't uh, read the description because I'm terrible, but I didn't see the part about it being similar to an Imperial Stout, which is... I think a lot of what we were talking about, I mean, you get a lot of barrel in this um, beer. And maybe it's like smoky beers, you can go either way. I, I don't mind a lot of whiskey and bourbon and, and uh, spirit character in my barrel-aged beers. So I thought this beer was great. It is creamy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It is creamy. It is thick. It is viscous. It... I mean, I I love the way these this style just sort of lingers on the tongue, and the dark fruits on this, I, to me, anyways, are absolutely beautiful. You know, I'm getting dark prune and I'm getting dark raisin, and it's it's not the brighter end of the dark fruit spectrum. It's the it's the deep, yeah. deep abyss, if you will. <laughs> but I th- I thought this was nice, and yes, there is a lot of oak coming from it, but I thought it was balanced and nice. As it's warmed up. <laughs> Was that an Technical difficulties in the studio. Okay, but as it's warmed up, I think it's gotten better. Um, of the two of these we're going to taste, um, 
I like the other one better, but this one's got a lot of flavors starting to come out that are kind of overpowering that barrel. When it was cold, all I got was barrel. Yeah. And especially almost that, that oak tannin-y um, that I always get. I was picking up just the vanilla and, and the oak itself, more so even than the bourbon. Uh, and I thought that was kind of dominating. But as it's warming up, the, you're right. Those dark fruit flavors, the chocolatiness of it's coming out. Um, it's good beer. Yeah, chocolate and toffee and dark yeah. fruit. I yes, mean, toffee. Yes. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. yeah. There's so many. And, and again, to Kendall's point, the, the barrel was the dominant flavor when it was cold, but which I liked. I, I got a ton of vanilla on the then, but now all that has sort of sort of backed off a little bit and, and it's you're getting a more balanced variety of flavors as it warms up it's pretty cool i agree i agree i did not like it at all really to begin with and he I spit just, it out when he first tried it i wouldn't so go you know, i wouldn't go so far it. as to say i spit, spit it, it on tim which it, i approved of I it all it made it back. great <laughs> but most of it made it back into the glass you know aged and now that i've now that i've been revisiting it it is as as it is warmed up it is I get sort of a burnt sugar, you know, caramel toffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say it's not all barrel, not all vanilla. I'm mm-hmm. not vanilla in beer. No, no. It's always too much. It's <laughs> no. always no. too much. Yeah, there was a lot of vanilla. No, nope. always too much. Good. This was this was better as it as it warmed. Agreed. But I think that's the thing about Baltic porters in general is I like the way they morph. You know, they're one. They're almost one flavor profile when you first pull them out of the fridge. Yes. And then as they warm up, they really morph into something. It's, and yeah, I'm a girl here when I say this, but it's almost like a flower opening up. I, I know this sounds stupid, but, this, you know. Are you going to talk about the birds and the bees or no, something? No, oh, okay. I'm not. No. But what I'm saying is, is, okay, for instance, here it is, not Christmas, and my amaryllis is blooming and the thing that's cool about watching this thing every day is that it is completely morphing into something completely different to me i kind of relate it to this baltic porter style is that it starts off as something and then it turns into something completely different and that's what i love about this and what i love about dark beers but um but that's why we always say like a lot of these beers you should definitely try to let it open up and warm up Okay. What, what so, do we rate this? Yes. So this one, which is the bourbon barrel aged Baltic Porter, we rated this a four. Four. <laughs> and now quickly, we're going to move on to the Cordon Rouge, which is the same style, same base, but this one was aged in brandy barrels and a bit of orange peel. How did you guys think this one differed? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I loved it. It was so much brighter. The orange peel, I was getting the dark fruit, almost like a cherry and a plum coming out in this from the, I don't know what kind of brandy it was, but it was brighter and more beautiful than the bourbon barrel. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Smooth and sweet and brandy delicious. Yeah. yeah and I Amazing. never would have thought that a brandy barrel being like already complex in itself would just add to it, you know, and, and enhance it and make it better. But this one really did. And we rated this one a five. Well, ladies and gents, that ends our wonderful brewery takeover of Jack Sabby. Thank you so much for joining us today. And you can watch or listen to all of our episodes online 
as well as on Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, and PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes, Google Play, and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip Sud Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Hey, Kendall, why don't you tell us about your blog that you do? My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at beerbakes3.com, also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram every day at Smoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Please take the time to rate this episode if you're listening online. Well, I want to thank everyone for coming today and sharing the love of Jack's Abbey. Good old boy, Dave. Hey, check me out on Instagram at good old boy, Dave, and listen to my 60-second beer reviews. Good old boy, Kendall. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Good old boy, Drew. Thanks Thanks. for being here. Thanks again. Good old boy, little Timmy. Hey, yo, this this is wicked. This podcast is wicked. Way to go. This is good old gal Juliana. Thanks so much for listening to us. Keep on chuggling and see you next time. Tanham production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.